welcome back to another episode of Elmo's World. Today's episode features part two of our conversation on sportsmanship. If you missed part one, I would definitely give that a listen before coming to this episode. But without further ado, here's part two. So that first argument about sports being about the spirit of the game, debunked. Get that out of here. That's just bullshit. And the second argument that people would make is that it sets a bad example for kids. And to that I say... Oh. Every athlete has the option of being the good guy or the bad guy. You can be LeBron James and you can donate money to charity and start a school for kids in Akron. Or you can be Patrick Beverly. And at the end of the day, every kid has the option of supporting who they want to support. And hey, sometimes I find myself supporting the bad guys when it comes to sport because at the end of the day, that's all subjective. The thing about like, you know, kids, you know, obviously kids are, you know, their brains are still malleable and they're still very easily influenced by the things they see especially with like idols like sports athletes and things like that my thing is like you know most of these kids like i've seen studies where you know they ask kids who their idols are it's always like 60 to 70 percent always say their parents so if we're saying that most of these kids are already seeing their idols as their parents then why don't you just teach them those qualities let the athlete be who they want these guys are getting paid millions of dollars to play a game that, you know, is they use to feed their families. So it shouldn't be on them to, you know, worry about, yo, Jimmy in fucking Texas and how Jimmy's going to take me not shaking my team, like my opponent's hand. That should not be a concern. They have too much going on. They're, they're grown ass, ass men and women. Like they can't, they're, it's not their time to do that. So I think, you know, with that too, just like just have your children not watch them and then later on in life when they're able to make their full-on decisions they can make their own decisions and support who they want like you said like i agree sometimes i vote for the villain you know guys like like beverly or or if we're talking nba like guys like jimmy butler you know i really like jimmy butler I love Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with what Jimmy Butler does. Nothing wrong. Dude, this man <laughs> this man showed up to practice, said fuck all of you, ran with the third string and beat the first string guys. I want a guy like that on my team. I don't care. He's a competitor. He doesn't care about the fucking sportsmanship. He literally said fuck you guys. Like you guys need to be better. You guys need to win. And this is how you do it. This is how this is how we're gonna do it. And he showed them. So I like look, he may not be the greatest role model, but that's because people are looking too much at the surface. If you go back into his story, you can see how like how hard of a life he actually had. And you can take those pieces out. And there's a reason why he could be your role model from there. He doesn't have to be it for everything he just does on the court. Like we said earlier, the media coverage behind what happens off the court is usually more than what's happening on it. So it's very easy for them to be, you know, for kids to idolize these guys based off of that too. So let's not let's not think that just because someone isn't the greatest sport or a gentleman on the court that your kid is automatically going to act like that. That's something that you develop as in your own athletic journey. Yeah, and I mean, even regardless of if people's parents are their most positive role models, they're going to find a negative role model somewhere else. I mean, look, the president of the United States is kids' number one most negative role model. Yeah, so. literally. <laughs> the man who runs your fucking country 
is the biggest villain of them all. And we're talking about, and you know, all these people, a lot of the people who are probably saying this like sportsmanship bullshit probably look at him as a role model too. You know what I'm saying? But they don't apply the same logic. So it's like, I don't know, man. Some people are just hypocritical. Yeah, and the whole concept of role models is starting to get problematic in our current day because we start treating celebrities and athletes like they're these perfect people and they're infallible. And when they make a mistake and when they do something human like we all do, we start getting into this mob mentality of, oh, I'm going to cancel them. They made a mistake. They did something wrong. Um, I'm going to ruin their career. And I don't think that's necessarily fair to athletes because – Although they're in a privileged position because they're on that stage, they didn't necessarily ask for the the status that we thrust upon them. And I don't think that's necessarily fair for us to say, oh, you know, this athlete has to act this certain way because millions of people watch them. And, you know, for a lot of these guys, they don't want to be celebrities. They just want to play the game. I agree. I totally agree with that. You know, I mean, we can't we can't expect these people to take on the weight of you know, like millions of people's expectations. Like at the end of the day, those guys are people like us. They just happen to have a lot more fame and have a lot more influence amongst the grassroots population. So, but the thing is like, you know, even when these guys do mistakes, you know, let's take for example, this might get a little bit, you know, fuzzy, but, you know, Martin Luther King, that he is my role model in terms of history like i love you know the work he did for the civil rights movement and and how he tried to bring about equality and break segregation you know i loved studying him in school he he's one of my idols but when i found out that he actually cheated on his wife that kind of you know i had to like think about it i was like look he did that it's absolutely wrong i'm not condoning it in any way but at the end of the day, he also did a lot to contribute to society. And he was my role model. And to this day, he still is. And again, like you said, people make mistakes. It happened, but it doesn't make his contribution to society or his relevance any less, I would say. Yeah. And I mean, it's just human nature. I guarantee some of your biggest role models have skeletons in their closet. It's just the way human nature is. Oh, for sure. For sure. I feel like we just hold them to a different standard, you know, like they're held to a different standard than all these people because they're making a lot more money. And so I guess we just think that their lives are just completely different and they're just not human at one point. But, you know, I I think, yeah, people are always going to do this. You know, it's human nature to not to kind of do that, like unequal treatment of people across, you know, depending on your subjective interpretation of the situation. But, yeah, I just think uh, sometimes athletes get the short end of the stick in terms of, you know, this, like, role models and stuff. And a good way of thinking about it is imagine if every single mistake you make and will make was publicized across the country, you know, in every major news outlet every single day. Uh, You know, it's a tough standard to live by, and I don't think it's fair for us to hold athletes who are just essentially just playing a game to that standard. It's like the we've had this conversation before about, you know, when artists, you know, artists undergo scandals and, you know, you still listen to their music. But I think, you know, my personal stance was definitely separating the art from the artist. 
and you know like i still listen to a lot of guys music you know like i still listen to kanye i still listen to like chris brown um you know when even when drake had his like the kid that he didn't know about and push a like exploited or uh, exposed him i still listen to drake you know what i mean like he was just like like you said you just got to kind of internally reflect and see if like you know we've made mistakes ourselves and we can't be out here judging people like as if we're perfect so i i think that's a that's a point where people need to kind of understand and kind of reflect on is that these guys make mistakes just like we would make mistakes their mistakes just happen to be amplified a lot more than ours going back to your point about separating the art from the artist if you really think about it sports is art you know the way the body moves and the motions that are involved in sports it's a physical art form so if we allow musicians to curse in their music why don't we allow athletes to curse on a basketball court yeah. you know why isn't trash talk allowed on a football field it's the, it's their art and um you know this this kind of stuff was so clear during uh when Terrell Owens was up for Hall of Fame induction he didn't get in for i think like 2 or 3 years and it was found that it's because of character issues off the field when he really didn't have even like big scandals or anything he just you know happened to be like very uh, like out there and that was the thing where it was like you know he wasn't the greatest sport so they kept him out of the hall of fame when his numbers he's the second all-time in receptions in the NFL like third all-time in yards or something like that and they kept him out and I was like how are you you're supposed to be judging the guy on the stuff he did on the field basically what you're saying judge his art what he did on the field the way he how can you tell the NFL story without this guy NFL like Terrell Owens was a baller for for like the greater part of almost two decades and you're really going to sit there and say that he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame because of things he said off off of the field. And that's where I think like sportsmanship just took it so far and like, you know, people getting their biases into it instead of really thinking logically and objectively about separate the art from the artist. And it's it's kind of hypocritical because to some degree we fuel that because yeah. we mic players up. Oh yeah. We want to catch those mm-hmm. little moments of tension and when guys are cussing at each other, they know that viewers want to see that. But at the same time, we penalize players for doing it. <laughs> it's such a such a paradox. It's a huge paradox. As a player, I wouldn't even know how to react. Like, say I cuss while I'm on the mic. Like, is that is that finable? Like, am I gonna get fined for that because now it's out there? Or like like what happens with that? It's that's such a fine line. I don't know. I don't know how I would do. I would go about dealing with that. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's all subjective. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it worse. And the way I see it, and some people may disagree with me here, but a lot of it stems from racism. And like specifically with the NBA and the dress mm-hmm. codes that they were implementing at the start of the two thousands, um, you know, banning do rags and yeah. untucked oh, shirts. Yeah. They said that it it was casting this thuggish image and the NBA didn't want that. that. And a lot of times when people say thuggish behavior, what they really mean is black. Yeah. Yep. Like to your point about like the wardrobe and stuff, like they just in the NBA, they just banned the uh, ninja headbands. headbands. Yeah. Yeah. 
because they were like, you know, it's dangerous. And it it's it like with the thug look. And I was like, nobody has like pulled these headbands. Nobody's gotten hurt because of them. Yet the NBA still chooses to ban them. And the only people you kind of saw wearing them were black players. I saw like Jimmy Butler, James Johnson, and these kind of guys, like, you know, real scrappy dudes. And now they're just banning them. And I was like, okay. So like to your point of racism, I could definitely see it. It's totally ingrained into these systems for sure. Like I think white players would probably get away with some of the things that black players have gotten fined for. Agree. Like the excessive celebrations and definitely whatnot. agree. It's uh yeah, I mean that that part of the game is like that institutional racism is just kind of you know, this we I don't even know what you could even do about that. And with the NBA especially, it gets really murky because that's a predominantly black league. I think it's like 90% black or something. So 74%. Oh, 70? Yeah, I looked it up earlier today. Oh, really? Okay, okay. Oh, then I'm like over-exaggerating. I guess, yeah, now it's like, like even then, like in a league like that where it's so predominantly minority, everything you kind of, you know, fine or you kind of impose all these rules on gets looked at a little differently because especially with the wardrobe and the way you know like everybody in different cultures has a different way of dressing and you know we know black people have a certain way like uh, like the like the nba players have a certain way of doing their thing the ninja headbands and you know cornrows and whatever but that's part of their culture that's what they bring and, you know, when the NBA kind of bans that and kind of imposes these fines on things like that, it can be seen as like a fight on the culture, and which is very sad. And, and I think it it doesn't do anything to, you know, heighten the experience of the NBA. Like, I want the players to be free to do what they want. And that's, I feel like, will give the best product on the court, too. All so, these rules aren't making the game any cleaner. It's not. Like, telling someone they can't wear a do-rag on the court is it making the game any cleaner? Like, what is that? It's doing? just changing the image. Exactly. And when you start saying it's about image, image, then you know it's racist. Yeah, because then you're stereotyping the guys who are wearing these kind of things. Like, in all reality, do rag does not cor- correlate with thug. That's not what it is. But you, by you saying that it does, you're stereotyping, you're generalizing, and it's quite frankly pretty racist. So, you know, I mean. Th- the NBA has tried to do a little bit better with this, but it's still there's still work to be done for sure. And the last argument that people will make for sportsmanship, and the one that I'm willing to concede on, is that it could lead to chaos at sporting events. Like if those those lines of conduct between two teams are broken down, and you see guys you know fighting and cussing each other out, uh, there's nothing really stopping the the fans from doing that. You know, between fans of opposite teams. Uh, like if you think about the the kind of violence that fans already have when they come to these sporting events, and how mob mentality kind of amplifies those, those, those you know those violent tendencies that we have that we may not show when we're it, acting as individuals, it could it could lead to some uncontrollable situations at sporting events, and that's definitely something that you don't want to see. That's fair. Like I guess you don't want something like you know the malice in the palace that happened. Like you know that fan athlete violent interaction um yeah of the points you kind of mentioned i think that's really the only one that i'd say is you know 
completely valid or like that I don't really have an argument against. But I also would say that I think that fans need to know their place at games, that your place is not to be, you know, shit talking with the with the players or touching them or things like that. You know, at the end of the day, those guys are fierce competitors and they're in a very high adrenaline situation, high on emotion. You know, the way they react may not be the way you're expecting. And I think fans need to do a better job of, you know, kind of just backing up and backing off. But I guess the, you know, sports leagues are kind of like, you know, we should just prevent this altogether by having our players be a little bit more respectful in that way. So I can see this both sides. It's just like I feel like fans should kind of take a little bit more responsibility on that aspect. See, but that's where the hypocrisy lies, because we expect athletes to be on their best behavior but as fans, we could yeah. do whatever we want. Like we should be holding ourselves to that same standard. I like agree. think about this NBA season. The guy who mm-hmm. said that racist comment too was it D'Angelo Russell? Are you talking about when he? Oh, uh, no, Russell Westbrook when he was talking shit to him. Yeah. Oh yeah, Russell Westbrook. Sorry. And then that second time, the guy from the Warriors, who's actually part of their ownership who pushed a player from the Raptors. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me because if you want athletes to be decent, there has to be decency in the stands, too. Yeah. I I think fans don't... Like, I feel like that's the consumer mentality. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think fans are definitely How many times have you cussed out an opposing fan who's watching a game in the same room as you? Always. Like, we're the worst with it. I always say, like, I'm always on here saying fuck the Jets and shit like that. So uh, I, I can see myself being terrible at this. Um, is That's an aspect where I think fans really do need to take more responsibility. We can't just expect athletes who are in such a high-impact situation to be on their best behavior. Because when you're at your highest emotionally – that's when your real, you know, your real responses and things, you don't really think about what you're about to say. So it's kind of hard for, you know, I can see the athletes not being able to kind of control that. It's a hard thing to do, hard thing to master. But fans really, it's that consumer mentality, you know, like I paid for this, so I'm entitled to a certain way of acting. And I think that's bullshit. I think that's, you're entitled to be at the game. You're entitled to watch this game. You are not entitled to act a fool at this game. That's not what you're gonna do. You should be you should be respectful as they are, because this is their art. This is they're doing it for your entertainment. They're risking their body. They're you know taking time out of their day to do this, albeit they're being paid. But still, even if you paid for something, that doesn't mean you get to act like a dick. Like I've always hated people who feel they're so entitled to things like that. See, that's the thing. When I say that sportsmanship has no place in sports, it's because I'm looking out for the athletes. Yeah, facts. Um, I think sports leagues do so much to restrict and punish players. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the game isn't the game without the athletes. They should be the number one priority when it comes to these rules and regulations. Yeah. It shouldn't be about the fans. The fans come and they pay money to watch the games, and that's great. And it's entertainment for them. But they're only dedicating three hours a week to that activity. Yeah. The players on the court, for them, it's a full-time and beyond job. Exactly. There's cameras on them at all times. 
there's mics in their face, someone has to look out for them. I agree. So, like, say if uh, a reporter says something false to my player. You know, I've noticed a thing recently that ESPN does. They'll put out some brazy headline or they'll say something at a media event and they know it's wrong, but they say it specifically to get a reaction from the player. Yep. Yep. And as a player, I'm stuck in a place where I can't truthfully respond to what you're saying or say it in the way I want to because I know the NBA will find me for it. Facts. So what I have to do now is I have to go on ESPN in a suit, in my best behavior, to address these falsehoods that have been said about me. And who does that benefit at the end of the day? It benefits ESPN. Yeah. It just creates more buzz, creates more viewership. You know, it's like guys like Max Kellerman and Skip Bayless who be doing this kind of shit. And I'm like, oh my God, like you guys, literally there's no way they believe everything they're saying. There's no way they can believe that. It's just so, it honestly hurts my head to hear them say these things. And, you know, like I'm kind of thinking of, you know, Skip Bayless and all the stuff he says about LeBron or Max Kellerman. I think he just said like, what do you say? Oh, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo will be the GOAT if he can shoot threes or has a jump shot. Something like that. You know what I mean? Like, And I was like, <laughs> bro, what the fuck? Anybody with half a braid knows how stupid that sounds. That <laughs> They'll use their airtime to talk about all these rumors. And the only people that can prove that it's false are the athletes. Yeah. So if the athlete can't defend go themselves. on Twitter, if they can't defend themselves... It's essentially abuse. Media abuses its power. I think media abuses its power more than anyone, for sure. Yeah. Like, they don't give a fuck. And, and the thing is, even if sports commissions and major leagues removed all of these rules that govern conduct, you know, in a basketball court or on a football field or, you know, wherever it may be, there's other checks and balances that are there to take its place. So, you know, if a fight breaks out in hockey, there's a penalty box. Yeah. If a basketball player is acting up on the court, a coach can bench them. You know, if a foul is committed in basketball, that's a the other team gets two free throws. So there's ways to mitigate the kind of, you know, the what they will say is that it's gonna lead to chaos in sports. Like no, it won't. There's other things in place that will prevent that from happening. But what you're doing and what the thing that we're trying to say is, you're removing the genuine feeling from sports. Yeah, you lose that cinematic dramatic experience. And the players, I feel like, don't get to be themselves. Like, there's no way that Jimmy Butler plays a game of basketball without talking shit. I don't believe that he doesn't. He goes into games and just quietly plays the game. There's no way. But you're taking that aspect away, and I, I, I personally don't agree with that. Like we've been saying. And if you look at like the big three, it's rising in popularity because it's just pure basketball. Yeah, people love oh. and one. And Harlem Globetrotters because it's pure basketball and it's fun. Loved it. I think if the NBA returned to the things that made it fun in like the 90s and the 2000s, it'll fix a lot of the problems that we feel about basketball today. And I'm sure it goes for other sports as well. For sure. We need some uh, non-PC in this uh, super PC culture. For sure. I need I need like a little break sometimes. I like I like when I hear athletes talk trash. It's like a good... Good break from all the It's cathartic, niceness. you know? Yeah, fact. Fact. That's why people like boxing. Oh. So they don't it. have to fight themselves. Yeah, fact. I ain't trying to throw hands with nobody right now, bro. Shit. I'd rather watch Mayweather knock somebody out or 
even defend for 14, uh, 12 rounds and still win. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm not the one doing it. All right, guys, that's all we have for this episode of Elmo's World. Thanks for tuning in. New episodes drop every week, so make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Follow us on Instagram for updates and any other content that we release. This has been your boy Elmer Momit, signing off. We'll catch you at the next one. Peace. Peace.